0: have my heart and you won't use my mind but do what you want with my podcast
1: <laughs> we're, <laughs> I back. Like that one. we're
0: back we're <laughs> back y'all didn't think we'd be back we're back
1: welcome back
0: yeah props to you for watching that lady gaga uh documentary and me walking in for that song which is like i think my favorite lady gaga song
1: i could see why
0: oh it's a oh, it's, it's so, a good one so hot it's such a banger
1: I really, I don't think there's any songs that she does that I don't like, though.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, that's true. I'm I'm not, like, intimately familiar with her oeuvre, but uh, for the most part, they all kind of hit in different ways for me. I think so.
1: it made it part of your karaoke list, so.
0: Yes, it did. Yes, it did. So look out, everybody. How
1: lucky are you guys to yeah. hear Garrett Burton once, sing a little, little once,
0: spit for you? Once COVID's gone, <laughs> look out. Look out, Ms. Ms. Gaga.
1: Next rising star. Uh,
0: no. No, but we get drunk and have fun. We haven't introduced a podcast. Nope. Hi. <laughs> this is Life Well Spent with Garrett and Amber. I'm Garrett. I'm Amber. I'm Garrett.
1: I'm Amber. I'm Garrett.
0: I'm Amber. I'm Garrett. <laughs> All right. Last episode was low energy because we recorded late and we were tired and we have a kid.
1: But now it's earlier
0: recording a little little earlier yeah, yeah. yep big energy we watch out we're peeking <laughs> we're peeking on audio and we're peeking on other things so heads up <laughs> i think that's a drug term i, I do you, don't know do you peek on he's things He's just
1: kidding mom he's just kidding
0: do you mom right in do you peek on things i think that's a i think that's a drug thing all right Let's get to it. Stop messing around. I, I cannot get comfortable. So, <laughs> if you've listened to previous episodes, first of all, thank you. Second of all, we probably sound a little different. Uh, we actually just got some new equipment in,
1: which is pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, yeah. Daddy got to spend some money and got us like, we each got our own microphone now.
1: We're like legit now. Yeah,
0: it's we, weird. We've got these uh, these pop filters, so our uh, peas don't pop. Too bad. <laughs> I think that's what they're for.
1: I that's why you wanted to sing because you felt like a singer with this thing. Yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah I'm feeling real good. Yep. And uh, they even got little stands, and we got this mixer thing that Very does sexy. that does things. Yeah, we're we're doing it.
2: Hmm.
0: We're making it happen. So yeah, if the audio, hopefully the audio is better. But if it's different, that's why because yep. we're yeah, we've upgraded. I think I don't know how much of this stuff works, but it looks more professional. So we'll we'll take it. Mm-hmm. So. In this podcast, uh, for the month of October at least, and this is of course our first month doing this, uh, we watch horror movies during the week, and then we kind of recap them to you guys. Mm-hmm. We do a deep dive on two that we uh, really enjoyed, or maybe we uh, thought like there would really be... stuck out to us mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but first we kind of start off with something that jumped out us at us in this week that wasn't one of these movies. And a lot of times we'll each kind of bring mm-hmm. something... Uh, separate but this time we got the same thing and that is haunting of bly manor on netflix oh, so good i th- did we finish it within a week i think within the week that it was released we finished it
1: yeah that sounds right yeah yep. yeah sure
0: did. uh we we were doing like minimum one episode a night but we'd usually be able to fit in like two to three episodes yeah. um and it's oh, it was so good
1: it's just amazing i mean i love the first one yeah so this one blew me away
0: yeah yeah the first season was haunting of hill house and that was like a like a true blue scary haunted house kind of show right um and while this one is called the haunting of blind manor and it has to deal with ghosts and stuff it's this one is just a lot more Mm -hmm. like uh we're, we've decided that we're not going to do any spoilers for the movies we get into. We spoil them for this, we're not doing that because it's come out so recently. Um, and we don't want to ruin anybody's experience with it because it's, it's, I mean, one, if you haven't seen any of it, it is absolutely worth going through Haunting of Hill House first. I mean, it's a fantastic uh series.
1: How much do you want to kind of tell them about uh, Haunting of Bly Manor? I think just. Broad,
0: Yes, kind of intro. Intro to Bly Manor so it doesn't get too deep into it.
1: Yeah, so I think last week we just talked about how the intro was <clears throat> basically, you know, this woman goes to the uh, rehearsal dinner of this couple that's yeah. about to get married. Mm-hmm. And we don't really know if she's family or not. She just kind of sneaks in. And mm. then they have story time towards the end of the night for the nightcap. Yeah. And she has this beautiful story that she wants to tell everybody. hmm and, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of about Bly Manor and the things that go on in Bly Manor.
0: Yeah, I think when we talked about the first episode, we maybe got 15 minutes into it before you yeah. passed out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so we really didn't know what we were getting into. But, yeah, the, uh, uh, the woman uh, showing up at a rehearsal dinner, and then uh, as uh, the night's winding down, she tells everybody a story. I mean, it just bookends the show, the, uh, and she's the narrator as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's Carla Gugino, I believe I've remembered that name correctly. And, uh, and then it actually gets into the story, which is, uh, it's, it, so there was a, I've never read the book or short story called the turning of the screw. Um, but we talked about it last podcast. There's a, like, it's been, uh, remade into movies, horror movies, multiple times. I think it's even been made into a play, um, so it starts off looking like it's just going to be basically the turning of the screw again. Um, they released a movie earlier this year, late last year called the turning, which was a reinterpretation of that. And it was really bad. So I was worried. I'm like, I hope we don't go over the same stuff again, but it, it really goes off in its own direction. And it's, it's a great mystery, Mm -hmm. fantastic characters, incredibly satisfying. I believe the, uh, Mike Flanagan, the uh, director, uh, and he he started The Haunting Series, I believe it's now called. Uh, He said that this one's very much a love story and about love.
1: Which absolutely I agree.
0: Yep, different kinds of love, um, uh, possessive love, true love, uh, love that you can't really admit to or embrace I guess
1: yeah that's a good way to say it
0: yeah just just different uh familial love Mm -hmm. um yeah and it was it was beautiful the the show the entire way is really good probably I'm sure there was a couple episodes that dipped a little bit like uh there's an episode in a boarding school or at least there's flashbacks to the boarding school that one was fine I guess it set up some cool stuff but it wasn't it wasn't the most intriguing. I really liked all the stuff in Bly Manor. Um, but it's the show is absolutely worth it for the final episode. Oh. It was so sad. Amber and I were sitting there for probably five seconds when the credits started, and we just kind of sat there because it was just so satisfying, mm-hmm. so sad, so beautiful, and you know a show is good when it has me talking about like, you know, we're all going to die someday. <laughs> <laughs> almost almost started crying and it's just like, oh man, it was just fantastic. Can't recommend that show enough.
1: Yeah, I thought it was going to be a lot more similar to Haunting of Hill House and I'm mm-hmm. really kind of glad that they took a different route.
0: Absolutely. I, I really like Mike Flanagan. Um, I know he did uh, Doctor Sleep, which wasn't great um but he's done some other horror stuff that's really really well done really mm. fantastic and i mean uh haunting of hill house and blind manor just show uh that he knows what he's doing as a as a creator so,
1: so man if you yeah. have netflix watch it you would not yes ever regret it
0: did you hear about some kind of scuttlebutt with blind manor no so apparently there was a review that was online mm-hmm. um it was uh, posted by The Guardian, um, well-known UK uh, news outlet, and apparently, they assigned somebody to write the review, and this uh, reviewer I, I didn't know the name, and I mean, you know, who, who cares? Everybody's got to make a buck, and even if somebody makes a mistake, it's not the worst thing in the world. But this person starts off the review with saying, "You know, I don't like scary I don't like scary movies. I don't like horror stories." And so then, then why review this? Yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> goes on to like not a give like a mediocre review, a not very favorable review. And everybody oh. on the internet is like, what? Like, why would you have somebody review this horror story mm-hmm. that isn't into horror? Like, that's that doesn't make any sense. And a lot of people, I think, for, were rightfully so, saying like, this is on the editor for assigning them this this uh, this piece of media mm-hmm. to consume and then review that's irresponsible. Like y- you should, you should at least have someone of an affinity if you're going to review something like, right. And you know, people kind of got into how genre stuff kind of gets put on the wayside anyways, like, um, horror and sci-fi stuff like that. It's not really given any sort of credibility mm-hmm. in a lot of review circles. Um, I mean, shoot, there's like, it seems like every other year at the uh at the emmys there's some controversy because like uh the martian no, was it the martian the one with uh matt damon where he's stuck on the planet and yes. he's got to poop and make tomatoes with the poop <laughs> or something uh that was put in the comedy section which it was it had some funny moments but like i would not see that as a com-
2: comedy yeah it's it's all. a
0: dramatic sci-fi movie and i believe they did the same thing with get out like they put it in the comedy section what yeah that movie's that not makes a, no sense not at all not a comedy
1: why would you do that
0: i mean it's got uh rel i think is his name he's he's hilarious it's got comedic moments but it just shows that these you know these uh reviewers uh don't they just I mean, don't unless there's they don't like give some, any credence to genre
1: is there some like certain rules that they have to say hey if it has a certain number of comedic no. scenes in it that no. it, you'd have to consider it a comedy i
0: really think it's just old people that don't care about genre Ugh. i mean when i like this is by no means a brag i went to a state school i loved colorado state university i had a great time going there but it's not like i'm saying like oh i've got a i've got a bachelor's degree in english that's nothing to brag about but i will say when i would go to, like, creative writing classes and things like that, uh, professors would always say, like, stay away from genre.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, don't,
0: don't do genre, you know, horror, sci-fi, fantasy stuff. And I think that just kind of goes to show, um, I guess, the disrespect that uh, those types of stories have. Um, so that... You know, I, I thought that was interesting. And I guess Mike Flanagan just kind of went online and said, hey, thanks for everybody for supporting us. But, uh, you know, uh, he didn't, like, tell anybody to lynch the review or whatever or, or, you know, cancel the Guardian or anything. But, yeah, I I don't know. It's a Horror especially, like, mm-hmm. has really come so far in the past 10 years, mm-hmm. you know, to to tell some really powerful stories. And I mean, I think horror has always been a a vehicle to talk about social change and, you know, hold up a mirror to society. That's very, uh, uh, well, like it's annoying to hear somebody say that, like holding up a mirror to whatever, but I mean, it's true. Like horror is a a fantastic vehicle for that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's, that's enough of my soapbox, but I mean, yeah, Bly Manor is, uh, very, very beautiful. Um, I will say that, uh, so in, in the show, uh, it has, um, uh, uh, relationship between two women, gay lovers. Mm -hmm. And I think that if that had come out uh, earlier, then there would have been more review bombing of the show. More people would have gone online and said, maybe, you know, cause like, it happened to the last of us part two and other media that it comes out that there's, there's uh, gay relationships. Like it's, you know, it, it's a thing. So I'm glad that as, as far as I know that hasn't happened to it, because I think it deserves a ton of credit. And, you know, even if it's not scary as the first one, that's not, I don't think that's a point. Like, I don't think horror has to be just shit your pants. Scary. Mm-hmm. Like, like, if it tells a a compelling story, that's, that's worth more.
1: What they did with that relationship too, is, um, I kind of thinking how it's comparable to how Schitt's Creek did their, Mm. um, couple, because I feel like they, there wasn't any backstory to it. There wasn't anybody like, Oh, accepting the character for being gay, you know, all of a sudden she's just, into this other woman that she just met. Right. And, you know, like, it, it, there wasn't a big thing about it. Yeah. Which I love. Yeah. You know, there shouldn't be a big thing about it, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, couldn't agree more. It's not something where a character has to say, like, like, there's not some kooky aunt in the corner that's like, wait, but she's, uh, and she's, uh, oh, well, it's love. Like, even even something as passing as that is so unnecessary anymore like it's just you know all of a
1: sudden they're into each other you know and then the story just goes on
0: yeah people fall in love yeah and that's how the show deals with it and uh i just loved it it the show doesn't need to deal with it at all it's just two characters falling in love and having a again towards never mind i almost got into spoilies i'm not going to do that to you
1: (laughs) we're trying not to talk too much about it here
0: all right all right We're getting into it now. Yep. Ready? Horror movies. Bring up the energy. We got this. Ready for some energy? (laughs)
2: Reviews.
0: All right. So, like I said, we watched seven horror movies this week, five of which we liked. I think we liked. Uh, But we're gonna go through them pretty quickly. Uh, If you want a deeper dive, I don't know. Go to YouTube, probably. (laughs) Or you know, I'm sure there's a podcast out there. If you guys want podcast recommendations, let me know. I love podcasts. I've already talked about Too Scary Didn't Watch. They're fantastic for in-depth horror. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, horror movie reviews. But let's get into it. Fantastic. I didn't write notes for the first one. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I totally so the, forgot.
1: What was it? The first one? It was the original Omen. Yes. Um, which was took place in the seventies. Was it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's. Uh,
1: And 1976
0: was when it was released and it's, it's set in that time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think we both enjoyed it. Yes. You know, do well. And here's a question. Did you like it better than the most recent one that came out?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I I haven't seen the remake in a long time, but if, from what I remember, the, the remake is just so sterile. Like, I Mm. feel like that's the worst a remake can do is just make the new one so clean and sterile, it's just so boring. Whereas this one, it's just it's it's got the character of the uh, you know, being a 70s film, it's kind of grittier. And um, 70s film is kind of known for everybody looks a little, every, everybody's handsome, but they're just a little kind of grittier and grimier, I guess. Mm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Um and uh, I mean, Gregory Peck is the main lead. He's fantastic. Uh, the kid that plays Damien is incredible. Oh, he's so um, good. How yeah. old was
1: he supposed to be? Like five or six, I think, in it.
0: Yeah, I think towards the end of the movie. Yeah, he's probably. He six. did a great job. Yes, yes. Um, but we are going to make these quick. For me, it's an absolute watch. It. It is a classic for a reason. It mm-hmm. is a piece of cinema history. Not not just horror cinema history uh oh man like one of the last deaths in the movie involves a decapitation that is Oof. beautiful yeah. like it's it's all practical uh no cg involved oh, and it just i don't know how many takes they had to do but man however many takes they had to do is worth it because mm-hmm. it it is very effective uh um, moves along in a great clip too i think so yeah
1: yeah yep. definitely watch it
0: absolutely so next one, trick trick or treat,
1: and that one you've seen before. That was my yep. f- i. I'm pretty sure I have not seen that before. Really? Maybe bits and pieces in the past, but it was it was interesting. It reminded mm. me of Tales from the Crypt. Yes, all those like mini stories all rolled up into one. They all kind of intertwined with each other, but everything happened on the same night, and it was just fun. It was a fun Halloween teen movie
0: yeah yeah and you know what for the rest i did take notes i'm trying to be a better podcaster look at you so uh for trick or treat uh, i said uh, a horror anthology inspired by uh, tales from the crypt and horror comics uh it's a ton of fun and the stories being interconnected makes it fresh because you talked about You know, it reminded you of Tales from the Crypt and those other kind of anthology shows. Mm -hmm. But the fact that the stories are all interconnected, I think, is just the change that's needed. So it doesn't feel like another horror anthology to throw in the bin of horror anthologies. Like, uh, I feel like for film, those are bigger in the the 80s. -hmm. Um, This one, all of them intertwining is, is fun. And when a character comes in from like one of the earlier uh segments to a later segment it's uh it's just fun like a nice it's, surprise yeah. like oh yeah.
1: yeah this is all taking place on the same night you know yeah
0: and with this one being a rewatch for me i haven't seen this one in maybe a year or two so it's just it's fun to uh check back into it and and yeah when like characters or things from previous segments would pop up into newer segments uh it was like oh yeah i i forgot about that like mm-hmm. yeah uh, it's
1: Even just something that somebody would say, like, and, well, we could talk about spoilers with these, right? Yeah, Um, I think one of them was, oh, did you hear that? They sound, you know, it sounds like werewolves. And then later on, it actually goes to the werewolf story, and you're like, oh, that's what they were listening to, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, yeah, the first scene in the movie is the couple coming home from kind of a party in the center of town, Mm -hmm. and I, I think, isn't the wife complaining about, like, a drunk girl or something?
1: Yeah. yeah. And She's then, just not a fan of Halloween yeah. and she just wants to take down the decorations in their yard and
0: Yeah. And then later in the movie it's uh it's there's a very short scene of a woman who's being hunted by a what you what you're supposed to think is a vampire. Um and she runs into that same woman from the first scene.
1: That's right. Um
0: and that couple actually bookends the movie more or less. Yeah. There is a final scene that uh, Which I is pretty I cool. I totally forgot about the final scene. What
1: was the final scene again?
0: Uh, it's the one where Brian Cox is this crabby old man, um, and again, it's totally inter- intertwined with the rest of the movie. But he's... oh, with the little guy. With the little guy, yeah. The little guy that I, him. I can never remember his name. I don't know if we'll be able to. Uh... The little
1: guy that I feel like shows up in almost every story of the movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's he's like the the mascot of the movie and he plays a big role in the final scene because he True. attacks old crappy Brian Cox because mm-hmm. he's a That's right. Halloween curmudgeon and almost kills him uh, but doesn't and then uh, you find out that he was when he was younger he was a bus driver and he uh, basically killed all these kids all these uh, special needs kids um and help to drive a bus into a
1: like a lake or something
0: yeah a body of water at the bottom of the quarry
1: yeah and then yeah. that comes back and yeah yeah and then the
0: final scene is all those kids showing up at his front door um it's like
1: trick or treat yeah and they, they tear <laughs> him apart
0: in like a comic scene at the end it's uh yeah it's just fantastic yeah more, more than worth a watch give it a shot it's mm-hmm. yeah one of my favorites absolutely all right, and now else did we? to go to one of my favorite favorites.
1: Oh yeah, Young
0: Frankenstein. So
1: good. Oh
0: man, it felt good to get dip my toes back in the Mel Brooks Brook. I think that's a that's a body of water. That's like a small river or yep. something. Yep, I nailed it. <laughs> uh, he, he's he's fantastic. Uh, I think. Trying to figure out how to say this because I remember some of the jokes hitting a little harder for me when I was younger than they do now, mm. but I definitely understood more. Mm-hmm. And I think just like even if I didn't gut laugh from a joke, like it was just refreshing to get back into Mel Brooks's head and style and genre. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, it's.
1: And I'm not as familiar with Mel Brooks's films, and yeah. this was a delight.
0: Yeah, I feel like, so where my dad, like he might kind of look back nostalgic to Three Stooges stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, This is my nostalgia because it it came out before I was born, Mm -hmm. but I still found it when I was young. And it's got that really silly sense of humor Mm
2: -hmm. that,
0: you know, when you're a kid, like when my dad was a kid, he, he stumbled upon Three Stooges, and that's a very immature uh, sense of humor. Mo right. Brooks is the same thing. Uh, I mean, still very smart, but yeah. a, like a lot of slapstick. I forgot. Mm, I forgot how much uh, uh, Igor uh, mugs to the camera. <laughs> oh, he he's is so constantly good. looking at the camera and breaking the fourth wall. But yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, he is uh he's, he's a king.
1: They cast a good one for oh, him. He's the
0: best. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I believe it was Madeline Kahn that plays Dr. Frankenstein's, uh, fiance. (gasps) And, uh, I mean.
1: What was that? That first, uh, one of the first scenes when she was getting on a train to, or no, he was getting on a train to leave to go to the castle, I guess.
0: Transylvania. Yeah.
1: And just every little bit like, oh, don't, don't kiss me. I've got lipstick. Don't touch the hair.
0: She's so in love with him. But anytime he tries to have any sort of physical connection, she's like, yeah. Oh, the hair. (laughs) oh oh, my nails yeah yeah and the the the
1: the final goodbye kiss was hilarious
0: yeah the payoff of the joke is incredible i forgot it because yeah uh, frankenstein is on the train and he blows a kiss at her and she ducks out of the way <laughs> <laughs> that's how concerned she is with her peer. Uh, and she looks so scared in that moment she like it's like uh, somebody so threw a baseball good. at her oh yeah it's uh it's fantastic
1: yeah, yeah, he does such a great job. I'm I'm excited to watch more of his films.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, we've I'm <clears throat> I gotta be careful and kinda lead you in the right direction now. I mean
1: Why are there some films that you don't like of his?
0: He made one called Silent Movie, which is just that. It's a silent movie. Like
1: a Charlie Chaplin.
0: Yeah, but it's uh seventies, Hollywood.
1: Mm. I think
0: it's I think it might be kind of a commentary on the film industry, but it's it's all done as a silent film. Interesting. I, I didn't, maybe it's worth watching again because maybe it's better than I thought, but I don't think so. Okay. Um, but yeah, we might have to do Blazing Saddles next. That right. one's that one might be my favorite, but uh, History of the World Part 1 is junk food for me. I can watch that any day, any time, <laughs> and just love it. Um, oh, and one last thing for Young Frankenstein, uh, the musical number putting on the Ritz at the end, hit so much harder for me than I ever remember hitting for me as a kid because I just forgot because it's
1: you giggled quite a bit oh my god I forgot because
0: yeah Gene Wilder just is you know he's a talented man and he's just singing putting on the ritz and doing like tap and the joke is that every time um I don't know the song but it's like if you go and then it's putting on the ritz yeah but and he kicks out it kicks it to young frank or uh um, the monster every time he goes
2: (laughs) oh
0: oh and then at one point he says super duper it's
2: oh it's so good yes it's so funny it's
0: incredible um yeah and somebody on uh facebook mentioned that uh gene hackman is the blind monk in that and uh I was happy because I got to tell you that because mm-hmm. that's something my dad told me when he first showed it to me. It's so yeah, I'm going to do that to Cash when he gets a little older. <laughs> and he'll say, who's Gene Hackman? And I'll say, go to your room. Um, Oh yeah, so yeah. Young Frankenstein, I wrote a beautiful homage to old horror movies. You can feel the love Brooks and Wilder had for the genre of, uh, you know, like the original Frankenstein because Gene Wilder is just, he's... He's uh, playing to the cheap seats with his performance. Mm. Everything is just big.
1: Oh, my gosh. Because I think uh, another, I mean, all of his, like, dramatization, the way that, yeah, his, like, yelling and stuff always reminded me of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, absolutely. He was
1: very, like. Especially
0: that boat scene. Yeah. Yeah. And the uh,
1: yelling and the, I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah. I believe Gene Wilder passed on a few years ago. He was just a. Uh, an immense talent. So fun. Yeah. Yeah. So and we also watched Blackula. Blackula 1972, so we went from uh 1974 to 1972. It's so just a little bit black bad. Oh jeez, I almost said Black in Time. Wow. <laughs> uh Blackula was interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's some things that I, I really enjoyed about the movie. Mm-hmm. Other things, I'm like, oh, it's kind of corny. But at the same time, now that I'm starting to watch more movies from like 80s and 70s,
2: yeah,
1: I'm starting to kind of get like the budget that they had for those movies or and lack it, thereof. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, it's like I can't really knock it because it's what they had to work with, right? You know, so you kind of have to appreciate their creativity with you know makeup and costumes and things like that. But um,
0: I think appreciation is the perfect word for that. Yeah, yeah, you you understand what they were dealing with at the time, and to see their creative solutions to money problems. Yeah, that that's where a lot of the enjoyment comes for me for these films.
1: Yeah, and I I never really watched you know movies from the olden days, you know, because it never really intrigued me to watch them because I always Mm -hmm. thought that they might be kind of stupid and corny and so dramatic and, Mm. you know, things like that. But um, yeah, I'm glad that we're able to watch them now. And now that I have more of like a critical thinking when I do watch them, it helps me to appreciate it a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times when I'm watching movies, I just kind of want to sit back and be entertained. And I don't know if I would have enjoyed Eel if I came in with that
1: Oh, I, d- I would mind. not have. No. I would have made fun of it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but
0: kind of trying to have a critical lens and understand, you know, why they made this choice or this choice. Not that we're experts, but just to try and look at it from that light. Yeah, there there's definitely some things in here to entertain.
1: But we also, you know, we're, you know, halfway in our 30s. So I think us growing up in the 90s, I think even just a 10-year difference between films. Yeah. Really kind of showed like the difference in cinematography and just the um, things at their fingertips that they were able to use yeah. for, for movies. So I think, you know,
0: can't yeah, the, the it, but... technological advances right. in films for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm proud that I took notes, so I'm gonna
1: go for it. Uh, yeah,
0: which this is stupid. I wrote fun to see. What the hell does that mean, Garrett? <laughs> fun to see, <laughs> fun to see. Wow, brilliant oh no there's more god damn it <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> fantastic all right fun to see what they could do with a small budget i didn't love it but would love to look into the black exploitation genre more yeah uh, i yeah because i i think i went in with a, a just a true misunderstanding misunderstanding of what black exploitation means mm-hmm. like i i had assumed it would have like Some sort of of broad message and meaning, you know, to maybe how black people are uh villainized, you know, Mm -hmm. in the media or something or some something grand, but no, it doesn't have any of that. It is literally black Dracula, yeah. If you think, hey, what if Dracula was black?
1: This is what the story is, you're in it,
0: yeah, yeah. And I was also disappointed. Again, these these aren't really good criticisms. They're more like I wish the movie was something else, which is not a great criticism. But in the in the opening, uh, we see uh, this prince and his wife mm-hmm. show up at uh, Castle Dracula in the 1700s, and they're basically asking for aid from uh, Dracula to stop the slave trade. So right. already, as as modern human beings were rooting for uh this prince and his wife and Dracula's a total jerk imagine that right. and he he uh bites the prince mm-hmm. and he says i'm dooming you to uh puts him in a coffin i'm dooming you to live in this coffin for the rest of your life thirsting for blood never being able to uh get that sustenance and, right. and satiate that hunger um and basically his his princess is just left to rot and die next to his coffin. Right. Um, and then it cuts to 1970s, and these uh, two gentlemen uh, buy Castle Dracula mm-hmm. and everything within it, including the coffin. They bring the coffin back to L.A. Let uh, Blackula out, and he starts killing people, and is right. just a vampire. And I was, I kind of wish Blackula could have fought Dracula.
1: Oh, that I also, would have been interesting. I yeah. like the guy
0: that played Dracula. I thought he was he kind of had a fun over the top presence and performance
1: he did yeah it did make you wonder like what happened if his castle was sold off Where did he go
0: uh, he died they they said in the movie that did they? Uh, yeah um, I must have missed that uh, uh, not John Constantine uh, uh, I'm gosh darn it the guy that uh killed Dracula. In the novel. Ben Helsing. Yeah, thank you. Oh,
1: th- I got to write. Very it? nice. Hey, Hell yeah look, look at me. Very I know something. Nice. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know plenty. Van <laughs> uh, Helsing killed him hundreds of years ago. Oh, I totally um, missed that. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it would have been fun to see them face off. And with the movie being set up as this prince, uh, this well-educated man, mm-hmm. is trying to get aid to stop the slave trade, and then he gets bit, and he fast-forwards to 1970s, I thought that he was going to be a good guy. Like, he, he went in wanting to free slaves and stop slavery, and now he's just a slave to his hunger. So I guess if you look at it in the lens of it being a tragedy, which it very much is. yo yeah. Makes more sense. I wanted to root for Blackula so bad because right. the actor was extremely charming. Yes. It was kind of silly. Like, it was silly in the sense that they couldn't afford to have Black Hila turn into a bat too many times. It happens <laughs> twice. So a lot of the times if he has to get out of a scene, he is running. He, yeah. And they film it. They show a grown man in a cape running down the street you in the 1970s L.A. So like, never.
1: You never
0: see a vampire. Just book it.
1: No, that's Like,
0: they've got to do something flashy or turn into a wolf or a bat or something, but...
1: Well, I think one of the the first scenes, too, I I found it really funny because it was very echoey. Like, clearly there wasn't any, like, uh, what do I call it, the sound booms?
0: Yeah, when they're in that warehouse. Is that right? Or was this in Castle Dracula? This is in Castle Dracula. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm sure even then it's super echoey. Yeah, true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then just seeing all the other vampires coming out. I I did not expect to see green vampires, for one. I'm pretty sure there was a red vampire right and the, just the the painting on the face and then i pretty positive there was a few of them that they just painted the teeth on yeah um made me giggle yeah you know and again it was just low budget so you you kind of have to appreciate it for what it was but it just felt very much like oh my gosh this is such a play yeah you know
0: we're running long on these again because they're so fun to talk about yeah okay, and yeah <laughs> when when we get out of october we're not going to do we're not going to talk about seven things we're each going to do a deep dive on something we want to talk about so we have more time to talk because right. it's painful because these movies are so interesting um yeah one last thing i'll say, well two last things one the kissing is super awkward in this movie
1: oh yeah Horrible. but i feel like that happens a lot with the 70s and 80s they just yeah, kind like of faces against yeah each other they couldn't
0: really do tongue or they get around. like an x rating or something yeah um and also the only thing then dracula running down the street would be like if he got a bus pass and had to like ride the bus <laughs> or something all right so we are through blackula uh watch it if you're into uh, like uh old yeah african uh, african american cinema mm-hmm. history of black cinema history of, of horror uh yeah. yeah yeah if you're interested in that stuff which i am give it a shot yeah yeah because now i'm looking i'm interested in looking into like shaft and uh other exploitation films to yeah. get a better idea so all right, last one we watched. We actually just watched it like an hour ago. Yeah. Scream 4. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that, I've seen the, the first Scream movie. I'm, sh- I'm I'm sure I saw the second one too, but yeah. I don't think I've ever seen this one. And I liked that they kind of like tipped their hat to the first movie in a yeah. couple scenes.
0: Yeah. So what I remember from the Scream series, uh, yeah. first one great. Second one, quality starts to slip, but still pretty all right. Mm-hmm. Third one's bad. So the fourth one it was long enough between the third and the fourth um and just with the third one being so bad and I'm I'm pretty sure it didn't do great at the box office they knew they had to kind of reinvent um uh, which is clearly the intent of this movie mm-hmm. um and for the most part they did a pretty good job
1: I think so I yeah. thought it was a pretty decent reboot Yeah
0: it was Wes Craven uh directing it uh written by written by Kevin Williamson I think he might have written some other ones maybe <laughs> um so I wrote, uh, breathes fresh air into the franchise, uh, but self, oh no, my handwriting is terrible, but self <laughs> self referential horror gets boring. And that's, a. of course that is a personal belief when something just kind of winks at itself so much, like all the, uh, they, they use the word meta in the movie probably 10 times.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of the, the one liners that they would do, you know, like, yeah. oh, this isn't a movie. Why are you doing this? You know, or yeah. I mean, just the whole like the meta lines that they yeah. would bring in.
0: And I think the issue is they are. So the first Scream was basically a commentary on the horror genre as a whole. Mm-hmm. This one is more so a commentary on remakes, which this movie is, but it's also a commentary on the Scream franchise in general. So it's it's just it just kind of. It's like a snake eating itself. Like it just, mm. uh, yeah. I, they had
1: I, some great actors in there. Yeah, they did a great job with the acting and have yeah. you know bringing back Neve Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette. But yeah,
0: well, I think when you're commenting comment when you're making commentary on commentary on horror, yeah, I get I, I got a little exhausted at times. Yeah, it's like we get it. Like that's that's the whole thing with having meta stories is. If it's done too much or too heavy handed, eventually I just go, we like, we get it. You're smart. You, <laughs> you know how horror movies work and you know, you understand the tropes like that.
1: And maybe that's why people really liked them is because it was the, the same first thing over one over and over again though.
0: The first one that was such an original idea. Yeah. It had never been done before. And yeah, it, it absolutely, like that's what makes it a classic.
1: I mean, it's, it's kind of in a way similar to Halloween. I mean, dealing with the same um, characters and following. Am I right? Am I right? You're looking at um, it like I'm wrong. <laughs> well, just
0: just the idea that uh, Scream is very much a commentary on horror. It Scream is a commentary on slasher movies in general. So where uh, like Scream is a commentary on Halloween.
1: True. You know. I so. guess I'm thinking like storyline and more. Um, yeah, I guess just the the storyline. Hmm. I don't know. I don't want to go back. No, sorry. <laughs> I, I didn't
0: mean to cast out. I just, I got a, I got lost on the, uh, on the path to that one. Sorry.
1: No, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> Moving on.
0: We're figuring out. We're, g- we're going to get there. So, all right. Everybody get your, get your snorkels. Get your, get your, uh, water flip floppy things. What are those called?
1: Uh, flippers.
0: Flippers. Yeah. Get your flippers. And, uh. Did I already say goggles? I didn't. Get your goggles. We're about to do some deep dives, guys. Woo! Deep dives!
1: (laughs) Should have come up with some music for this.
0: Yeah, yeah. That'll be later. That's not in the budget. Yeah. (laughs) That's not in our zero budget. You
1: don't pay me enough to play the ukulele twice, (laughs) though. Right.
0: All right. So, uh, wife, would you like to start us off, or do you want me to start off?
1: Let's start with yours. Oh,
0: no. Okay, fine. All right, so... Another movie we watched this week was called The Woman. It was released in 2011. I'm pulling up my information on it now. Incredibly professional, yes. It was released in 2011. It's uh, It was directed by Lucky McKee and stars um, Pollyanna uh, something. Um Yeah, let me click on her real quick. Incredibly professional.
1: I don't know if I really uh, recognized anybody in the movie. Any of the actors. Maybe the dad. No, me neither. Maybe the dad, but I don't remember what he was from.
0: Yeah, maybe. Oh, and I think the oldest daughter. So, Pollyanna McIntosh is the titular woman, and she... So, this movie, we found out after we watched it, they made a sequel called darlin darlin and pollyanna McIntosh, the star of the woman actually directed the sequel
1: oh that's cool
0: and i also found out that this movie is actually a sequel to to another movie
1: because that's interesting i'm gonna
0: tell you i just like to build tension (laughs) it is the sequel to the 2009 film the offspring huh and both were uh books that were written by I believe they're written by Lucky McKee. That would be a yeah, good Lucky book McKee to read. Yeah. So I guess The Offspring is uh, about this uh, group of cannibals that live in the woods, um, mm. which makes sense. because That makes a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah. This, yeah. this movie opens with uh, the woman, um, and she uh, is just a woman out in the woods. Uh, Hunting. Yeah. She's in kind of rags. Um, she is obviously like a, a feral human being. And apparently she is the last member of this uh, cannibalistic group of individuals that lived out in the woods. Okay. Um so yeah, we'll have to watch yeah, the I'm offspring. Curious. Yeah. Um so the opening scene I didn't really understand because it sounded like she cornered a wolf in a like in the wolf's den and killed it. Yeah. But there was something about a baby in there. So I think we might have missed something.
1: Yeah, that was well oh, that, I don't know. I don't know if, um, yeah, because she was kind of injured at the first, like the beginning of the movie. Yeah.
0: So her surviving the, the offspring, the first movie, I'm guessing is how she got those injuries.
1: Okay. Um, and then it's almost, yeah, she was kind of following this, what, what do you think it was? Bigger animal that she was? It a wolf, hunting. right? Was Wasn't it? a wolf? It? I believe so. Um, basically took over the, the wolf's cave or the wolf's den. Yeah. And after I'm, killing it. And I
0: believe, yeah, killed it and eat it, I assume. Yeah. Um. And, yeah,
1: but I think at the be- the beginning she was kind of grabbing her belly like something was a brewing. I kind of got the impression that she was pregnant.
0: I don't think so. No. No, because the rest of the movie that's not alluded to at all. I think maybe she had a baby and she lost it in in oh, the, maybe. the previous film to this. Okay, that'd be my guess because I don't they don't really bring it up at all.
1: That's true. Um. So. Interesting.
0: Next, it cuts to a barbecue, and uh, we meet the uh, the family in the film. Um, and the first line of dialogue in this movie is basically: uh, it's a family, mom, dad,
1: uh, two sisters, uh, yeah. brother.
0: Yes, yeah. So oldest sister, she's high school age. Mm-hmm. Brother is probably young high school, late middle school. Yeah. And then the youngest daughter is like five six seven something like that
2: yeah
0: um and the uh the oldest daughter is sitting by the poolside she's just kind of sitting on a a bench chilling out and some excuse me some bro swims up to her and is trying to like make eyes at her and stuff Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: she she just kind of ignores him and he looks at her and says strumpet which, and swims tr- away. <laughs> I looked it up. Strumpet means like a, a woman who has sex with men for money or a woman who has sex with many men. Whoa. So Just called her a a, a sex worker. A lady of the night, if you because will. Because she wouldn't right.
1: engage in conversation or like <sighs> flirt with them or something. And
0: strumpet. Who says
1: strumpet
0: anymore? It was the most distracting opening line ever. of dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, we just sat like, we kind of sat there like,
1: what the hell is a strumpet yeah um
0: so yeah and uh at the barbecue uh we find out that the dad is uh he's kind of an attorney and um mm-hmm. uh dealing with like elderly law and this uh lady comes up and she said she's decided to sell her place and her husband has alzheimers and he wants to she wants to just sell it all so she can live in a small place with uh, her husband and the dad says he's you know he's happy to help her out with that and um but before that he's he's really short and curt and a jerk to his wife his oh, yeah. wife is very kind of mouseish and quiet and small
1: kind of gave you a hint that yeah. this guy is a little controlling
0: yeah and the son is shooting hoops and he sees some kid getting picked on and doesn't do a thing just goes back to shooting free throws and the youngest daughter is trying to kiss a boy (laughs) and the parents (laughs) get super mad at her and tell her that's not appropriate and she needs to stop it Mm -hmm. um oh yeah and a really funny line was the mom is is doing the uh
1: scolding scolding
0: and it's like you need to stop that do you understand me and the daughter's like yes i understand you you're yelling at me that's a good (laughs) line um so then we uh you know go back to the family's home they live in a big house on some land and the dad's gonna go out hunting uh he gets on an atv drives out in the woods and that's where he finds the woman and she's it's really funny because she's taking a bath in a stream and this like fast times a ridgemont high like oh yeah <laughs> like he's totally like she's she's topless and she's bathing in the stream and he's just like really looking her up and down and it's it's really kind of sexual mm-hmm. which she's i mean uh, you know i'm i guess she's attractive but she's also dirty and like obviously feral right so there's nothing inherently sexual about it but he makes it
1: i think it's just like ooh, boobs i guess
0: i, I guess or you know, later in the movie we find out he's kind of a power-hungry misogynist. So maybe that's part of it is he sees something that he can dominate and form to his own will. Yeah. Um, so dad goes back home and uh, basically he gives the family orders like, you know, son, you do this. Oldest daughter, you do this. Wife and daughter, you do this. He's very much a drill sergeant in the home. And he basically uh, clears out a storm, sh- uh, storm shelter that's on their property. Um, and he starts setting up a place to hold this woman and then he goes back and he traps the woman uh, throws a net on her and then hits her in the face with the butt of his gun brings her back to the house and ties her up Um, and he's decided he's going to quote-unquote tame her and first thing he does is he tries to feed her and she bites off one of his fingers Ooh, nice like reason. two knuckles deep it's it's fantastic it really <laughs> it really sets a tone it shows that you know this woman is not to be trifled with she is um, i guess she's an animal but i also think that's that's not the proper term to use especially in the whole me, the whole point of this movie is that she's not the animal the the dad is like yeah. he's the monster he's the you know he's the uh, uncivilized one and so he uh, he dresses his wound, beats her up a little bit, and eventually he brings the family down and says, like, hey, this is the woman I captured. We're going to, like, civilize her. Yeah. Uh, and the family is so terrified of the dad. They're like, yeah, okay. I, gu- I guess we're doing this now. Um, we see some scenes of uh, the dad working in his law office and ogling his assistant. Um, and also, the oldest daughter, we find out that she's not acting the same way that she used to uh, in high school. She used to have a ton of friends, and the, there's a teacher, like a I believe an English teacher, that is very interested in her. Um, and she started wearing baggy clothing, and she has to run out of class one time. You can tell that she's nauseous. And so the teacher seems to think that uh, she's pregnant. Yeah. Um, and something I found out was uh, in the book that was released uh, uh, along with the movie. They were released at the same time. Um, it was either in the book or it was just cut out of the movie. But there was actually supposed to be a love affair between this teacher and the oldest daughter. Oh. Um, yeah, which which kind of makes sense because the teacher finds a, a picture – drawn by somebody and it says like dyke teacher and it's Mm -hmm. a picture of her which her sexuality isn't really delved into in the movie yeah besides just that's just just that that. yeah so i guess that would make a little more sense if they had a um if they were lovers but uh so uh, she's very concerned with the uh oldest daughter thinks she's pregnant and uh also there's a scene where the son uh some girl beats him in shooting free throws Mm -hmm. and it's funny she beats him and he just goes like you're too good and like walks away he gives the flattest line reads and part of me thinks it's probably because he's not a very good actor he's a kid it is what it is but also i wonder if it's because as the movie goes along we find out he's kind of a sociopath like his dad
1: i think that's what it was mostly.
0: yeah they probably didn't want him to like give the big performance because he's just kind of flat and doesn't know how emotions work um But, uh, so to get back at her, he puts gum in her brush and she brushes gum into her hair and then he pretends to help her later on, um, cut back to the house and he's trying to feed her. Uh, he, he also has the family kind of try to wash her. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but I'm just kind of hitting major points in the movie. Um, and he uses this power washer that looks incredibly painful.
1: Oh my gosh. Um,
0: Yeah and the daughter finally chimes in and asks like tells him to stop it. Um the mom just kinda goes along with it. Like
1: Yeah, you could tell she, she doesn't really want to do it. No, but
0: but she's battered. She's a she's a beaten woman mm-hmm. and uh the husband slaps her earlier in the movie and then uh uh you know what we'll uh we'll kinda cut towards the end. So the uh the mom finally has enough and she tells the husband like no, we're done this is it. I'm, I'm sick, sick of, of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving. I'm taking the girls. You keep your psychopath son. Cause you've groomed him to be just like you.
1: Right.
0: And, uh, she basically says that she's leaving and the husband just, just beats the crap out of her. Gives her a real hard shot to the stomach and the face and knocks her out. And just basically says like, you're not leaving. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and the wife says, you, you know, you can't do this. And he's like, I can't like, who's going to stop me. Um, and at that moment, the teacher, the oldest daughter's teacher shows up to have a talk, which we agreed was very irresponsible. She basically shows up to this house and says, hey, I think your daughter's pregnant.
1: Totally over the like, line. That's,
0: not, that's <laughs> not good, right? No. Like, if you're really concerned, maybe you should take, uh, you know, that student. This is even maybe a bit much, but take that student to a doctor or Planned Parenthood or something. Um, or just give her a bunch of information on her options if she is pregnant right you know try and educate her don't out her to the parents
1: give her a guidance counselor isn't that what guidance yeah. counselors are uh, for yeah absolutely
0: you know? so big step over the line by the teacher absolutely yeah and so she and the dad goes nuts it's a crazy performance yeah it's like uh because she's done beating his wife yeah and he uh she says, like, the teacher asked the dad, like, hey, does your daughter have a boyfriend? It's like, no. And I would know because um, he rules the family with an iron fist.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And she goes, well, you know, and it comes out like, well, I think your daughter's pregnant. And she goes, and the dad's like, you know, you don't listen too well because I told you she doesn't have a boyfriend. So are you suggesting that my son impregnated my daughter? And she's like, oh, my, what? No. Yeah. Like, no. He goes, oh, so you're suggesting I did it and every viewer is like you know the dad totally did it mm-hmm. like the dad obviously raped her
1: absolutely um,
0: cuz a scene i skipped over earlier was the dad uh, as everybody's laying down in bed he sneaks out of the house goes downstairs in the storm cellar and has sex with the woman obviously against her will she's chained up yeah um, and it's a it's a really disturbing scene and the mom's crying cuz she knows what's happening and she's and lost control of this family the son, is watching, family. Which is the son so goes gross. down and watches it's Ugh. awful um but uh so yeah he just he loses it on her and he just beats the crap out of her and takes her out to uh this shed where they keep their dogs and uh it turns out they have a th- fourth child <laughs> yeah. and there was something uh he mentions a condition uh let's see going to find it here uh, yeah, it's
1: like he ties up this child like he did the dogs. Like yeah. they're all encaged in the same big cage, and just treats her the same way that she he treats the dogs.
0: Yeah, looks like probably the oldest daughter just by the size of her. Oh and, yeah, and mm-hmm. there's something called anophthalmia. That's right, which he refers did. to. He's like yelling at the teacher, "You ever heard of anophthalmia?" And the the daughter comes out of this doghouse and she looks feral, not not too dissimilar from the woman, but more. Right abused and feral whereas yeah. the woman is you know uh, strong and capable this woman is like a beaten animal right um, I mean, she's but, on
1: all fours she's acting yes. just like the dogs yeah
0: she looks very much like a dog uh but uh, this little trivia fact says chris cleek uh who i believe was a writer repeatedly uses the word anophthalmia in reference to one of his daughters. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the main character. Uh, unilateral anophthalmia is the congenital absence of one eye, and bilateral anophthalmia is the congenital absence of both eyes. So I'm guessing she was born out of eyes. That's no reason to...
1: Like, treat her. Put that... her in the
0: dog kennel. Wow. Yeah, so, like... They don't need to make you hate this dad even more, but they managed to do it. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, he, uh, the the daughter and the dogs end up tearing this woman apart, tearing the teacher apart and killing her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but while that's happening, the oldest daughter, well.
1: Second oldest. Yeah.
0: Uh, runs out to the storm cellar and lets the woman go and basically asks her to help. Um, and so the woman walks out and the mom wakes up just in time to come out and be like, what are you doing? Like,
1: Don't let her out. Yeah. yeah.
0: And the woman ends up jumping on her. Beating the crap out of her, biting. biting
1: half her face off.
0: Yeah, which which was gnarly, and then throws her against a fence. I don't know if she died.
1: They kind of insinuated that she did die, but you never actually see her I die. She was she still just... kind of
0: moving around. I she don't... was
1: when they were walking by her. I mm.
0: suppose uh, maybe she just dies of her injuries. Maybe. Yeah, but and I, I'm 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 assuming that is done because she stood by and let things happen to this woman, right. where the the daughter the daughter is is more of an innocent cuz she's a child and she was a, a an objector like when they were hosing down the woman with that power hose I she said just, stop it and yeah. she turned off the generator or whatever the hose
1: and she did catch the the little boy like
0: yeah that was something masturbating I, to masturbating her. and cutting her or or like ripping like off her nipple or something
1: something weird yeah. yeah and so she she stopped him and that's what started the whole end of the movie but
0: yeah sorry i'm hopping a little back and forth here <laughs> but uh yeah they really go into how the son's a monster um so the woman has been released yep and she is making her way to the dog shed we'll mm-hmm. call it and she opens it up right as the dad and son are about to leave and she grabs a what looks to be a blade from a lawnmower because you know how a, a blade from a lawnmower. Um, where all my lawn maintenance specialists out there uh, email in. Uh, it's just a long piece of metal, and mm-hmm. then it's sharpened on either side at either end, so it spins and it cuts the grass. And she takes this and she chops the sun in half. Yeah, just straight up in half. Which he was—he was already a psychopath. Um, I don't think there's coming back from. I don't think he's going any. I don't think he's getting any better. Yeah. Um. So she does that, and then.
2: How did she
1: kill the dad?
0: Was it really gnarly, or did she just? Oh,
1: she uh, she digs like basically gut punches him and grabs his intestines and his heart. Or no, yeah, his heart and just...
0: pulls his heart out, takes a bite out of his heart, and he dies. Yeah. that's right. Um, yeah, and so at the end, this uh, the woman she frees the oldest daughter with anophthalmia. Yep. Um, and brings her with her, and then uh the
1: the youngest daughter
0: yeah the the daughter that is pregnant and the youngest daughter are about to flee but the woman you know meets them at the door and the woman basically just takes the youngest daughter whose name is darlin
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um and she's like all right so we're all leaving bye (laughs) and she just starts to walk off to the woods with darlin and the, the dog daughter and so the oldest daughter or the the daughter that's pregnant she just kind of starts to slowly follow them mm-hmm. like you can tell she's still conflicted and confused you know a good chunk of her family has just died but it seems like they all just kind of go off into the woods to live together uh, which actually makes sense because if in the f- the movie before this her whole cannibalistic tribe died mm-hmm. looks like she's kind of refilling ranks trying to get more people back into her tribe right um so and like I said, the uh, youngest daughter's name is Darlin'. The sequel to this movie is called Darlin'. Um, so that'll be fun. That'll be a good time. Uh my brother Dylan recommended this movie to us and we told him it was it was tough, but it was absolutely worth watching. I thought it was really good.
1: Yeah, now that I've had like a few days to mull it over afterwards, I think my initial shock to the movie was, oh, I don't know if I'd watch it again. Yeah. But now it, I kind of it's starting to really sink in and like, yeah, yeah that was a pretty darn good movie, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, uh, you know, it's not violence for violence sake. It, it clearly shows that this, you know, these these men in the movie that are hurting women are are terrible monsters
2: mm-hmm. and
0: they get what's coming to them. You know, yeah. it's kind of a morality tale. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, granted, we just spoiled the thing for you. But if you want to check it out and if you can get past really violent gore and sexual assault, both shown and. Suggested, mm-hmm. go for it. Yeah, really good. All right, I took up a lot of time on that one.
1: I probably won't take up as much time okay. on this one because, <laughs> um, so uh, we watched Train to Busan and that was recommended to us by our friend Matt. So, thank you, Matt. That was and this movie was am- amazing. Yeah, it's from it's from a beginning phenomenal and yeah. it was so good. Um, it's the 2016 uh Korean movie and i guess South korean south korean movie yeah. thank you um yeah and i guess it was the first ever south korean zombie film was it really ever yeah
0: oh it's they they first time out of the oh. park
1: and they they had over 10 million people view it in the theaters whoa and i think one of the first ones to make like over a million dollars
0: that is so cool when there's like an untapped market that somebody finally like they just had to convince somebody like, yeah, give me the money. I'm going to make this horror movie and people want to see it. And then people flood in to see it. That's cool as hell.
1: It's so good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 95%, which I absolutely agree with. Well earned. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Basically it's, it's about, you know, this father who has a young daughter. Um, he, he must be separated from his wife and she, the daughter wants to go see the mom for her birthday. And so they, you know, Basically, he takes her on this train to Busan to see the mother. And in that time, the apocalypse happens. And so they're stuck on this very, you know, high-speed train with zombies. Yeah. You know? Terrifying. Um, And so they they kind of set him up to be, like, he's, like, this really kind of rich businessman. I can't remember what he does. Is he, like, a loan officer or something?
0: Oh, boy. What was it? Uh, like a manager. Account manager, finance manager, something like that. Something
1: like that. And he only cares for himself. He is... Yeah, very much just into money, um, puts himself before other people. I mean, he
0: tries to teach that to his daughter, too. He does. Like, just worry about yourself. Don't care about other people.
1: Right. And I love that his daughter's like, no, you know, that's that's not right. You know, mom always says to help people. And um, so it was kind of cool to just see, like, the transition of his character and the, the relationship between the father and the daughter. You know, so during this this whole train ride. Um, you know, they try to make stops throughout to get to Busan because, you know, word is getting out that there's these six sick people, a.k.a. Yeah. zombies, on board yeah. that are hurting people. And so I thought it was kind of interesting because the zombies, you know, the the way that the, the cabs work in the train is that, you know, the doors just kind of shut. They don't necessarily lock. They right. just kind of slide back and forth.
0: They slide open and close, but, yeah, they yeah. do have a handle that you have to pull yeah used to open yeah
1: and uh basically if you shut the door the zombies don't know how to work the door yeah and they only freak out if they see you so they're kind of getting um word like oh just cover up the windows and then you know they're not going to try and get us yeah and so you're aka safe in that moment
0: right yeah as Um, safe as you can be surrounded by zombies in a train I hate that.
1: Which it was very, like you were saying, it's very closed corners.
0: Uh, Claustrophobic. Like I'm not super claustrophobic, but especially like in movies, if there's ever moments where people are like stuck tight, Mm -hmm. it really freaks me out.
1: Like your shoulders kind of go up, like you're
0: tense. Oh, yes, (laughs) absolutely.
1: Um, but they end up, you know, meeting this couple, you know, this, uh, man and woman and the woman is pregnant. It looks like she's about to pop. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're a good couple. I mean, he is helping, you know, the, the main guy and the daughter a, a couple of times and he's like this big burly, badass beef, badass cake. dude, you know,
0: hundred percent grade A beef baby. Oh, that he's dude so is, good. And you just, yeah.
1: you love him from the moment that you, you yeah. meet his character And, uh, he's
0: the biggest, baddest dude, but he also has the most integrity. I mean, you, you naturally compare this character to the dad and the dad is just kind of out for himself. Whereas this guy, he's protecting his wife, his unborn kid and everybody else.
1: Yeah. And I think there was a point, I mean, the, (laughs) he calls the main guy like asshole, like throughout the whole movie.
0: Yeah. Which is Um, really good. He just starts referring it to it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, asshole, come on. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, but no, cause I, th- I think he, he dubbed in that because when their first meeting, um, I think the main guy like basically shut him out from the safe zone Yeah, and they, this couple had like zombies coming after him yeah. and I, I can't remember what had happened. Did somebody kind of push him out of the way or he ended up opening the door?
0: Yeah. Something like or that. Or maybe the
1: guy kind of forced himself in there and was just like, what the hell man? Like, why yeah. did you, you know? And yeah. So the main guy is not. Very fun to watch, and you're not really rooting for them. They have and a
0: really fun relationship, though, as the movie progresses. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and, yeah, the this, man, the actors that played the zombies did an incredible job. They, I mean, freaked me out.
0: Yeah. I've <laughs> got to imagine they hired on contortionists and uh, dancers because their use of their body. Oh, um, yeah. Especially when they're getting up. There's a lot of, like, really cool...
1: Contortionist-type Yeah, type just
0: really fantastic stuff and it didn't look like in those scenes didn't look like a ton of cgi in some of the scenes with larger numbers of zombies you could tell it was cgi Mm -hmm. but uh the individual zombies the the actors they hired to play them incredible very athletic
1: Yeah. yeah um and one thing that i i think i didn't quite care for well and really with any zombie movie when you have a scene where somebody gets bit mm-hmm. and then the time it takes them from getting bit to changing into a zombie differs from other people's scenes yeah. of changing yeah. into a zombie that's when i'm like i i know that the story kind of has to move along yeah. and things like that but i don't know why just it's like a pet peeve of no, mine that it's no, not you're, all the same <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right because
0: that's an inconsistency in the film yeah like if especially with like with creature films monster films if the the parameters within which these monsters function is not consistent. Like it takes you out of the movie. You're like, so wait, why did that person only take 10 seconds to change or five seconds? While, you know, the other guy, it takes three minutes Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. It's, and it, you know, of course it is used for narrative effect, dramatic effect, but it's still frustrating. Man, That even happened in Blackula. Yeah. Yeah. There was somebody who got bit and like it, took them you know days to rise from the dead and then another person got bit and they were chomping on people in like two minutes yeah
1: it's like that
0: you know and uh, yeah like i said i'm it's used for narrative purposes of like oh we got to keep this scene moving we can't wait for this person to change
1: but just bothers me sometimes yeah Yeah, it's
0: frustrating (laughs) it's absolutely frustrating you know know, uh, i imagine a good writer will figure out how to Either explain that or find a way around that so you can keep that consistency and keep people totally involved in the film mm-hmm. and not thinking, why did, you know, why the time discrepancy?
1: Right, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I did enjoy that it, it didn't necessarily take place all on the train. I mean, there were some times that they would stop, they would get off thinking that this is a safe zone. You got, yeah. You know, we'd heard that this, this place is good to go and they have military and everybody. And then once they get there, it's like this whole group of people all of a sudden to like shit, you know, they're all these military people have turned and now we gotta get raced back onto the train and, you know, it's like it just keeps the tension there and it yeah. keeps everything very exciting and the characters that they brought into mm-hmm. the movie I really liked. Yeah. I don't Wow, well, there was one that I, I really didn't care for. Uh, it was the other businessman, the older gentleman.
0: Oh yeah, like the the antagonist of the film besides yes. Yeah, because I mean, on on one side of the spectrum, you got beefcake dad, who's the absolute best. Right. But then you have uber businessman, who is like
1: basically the main guy in like twenty years if he kept being the little asshole that he was.
0: Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. I I see what you're saying. If the main character kept uh kept up doing his evil ways, right. he would be this old evil dirtbag. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Just yeah. Ab- Care for absolutely. himself and. Yeah.
1: Yeah and. I'm I'm trying to piece together because it's been a while since we've seen the movie, just scene for scene. But can
0: I? Yeah, you talked about how they get off the train of points. Yep. Which I think is the change of scenery you need to do to keep the movie fresh. But the yeah. good thing is they don't lose that claustrophobia.
1: They really don't. Because
0: yeah, the first time they go off the train, they're in like this terminal leading to another area, and those are tight quarters, mm-hmm. and there's railings on these stairs lead up and down, so you're naturally like kind of pinned in Mm -hmm. uh and then they're at a rail yard at one time and there's all these uh train cars that still have them like pinned in the the whole movie feels like the the protagonists are being corralled like they can't just move in any direction they want they they have to move in a linear Mm
1: -hmm. line
0: and it's it's used to amazing effect because I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good, but it just terrifies me.
1: Well, and I love how the little girl eventually kind of uh, changes the dad's mind on yes. how to treat other people and yes. just makes him a lot more kind because of the way that she helps others.
0: Yeah. He starts being selfless. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the daughter. Right. And uh, yeah. Yeah. But sorry. Please continue.
1: No, and um, yeah, there's the the gore scenes of the zombies were awesome. And um, now I just, I really just love the movie. And towards the end, you know, they end up, I think the train conductor from the original train, basically, you know, they made it to a a pit stop and he basically said, you know what, everybody who is still here, hop on this train, I'm going to get it going and you know we'll be safe and take off again. Yeah. Um. He ends up dying from yeah. um, zombies because he was trying to help the other older antagonistic dirt, guy, dirt bag businessman. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so yeah, he dies. And um, let's see. Oh, I don't know if I want to say that spoiler or not with the couple.
0: We're totally spoiling things, aren't we?
1: Oh, I know, but it's so good. Which couple? The pregnant couple.
0: Beefcake and... Yes. Yeah. I'll say it well, anyways. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean...
1: Oh, it broke our heart in this in the movie because, yeah, he was... So the Beefcake and his pregnant wife. Yeah. Um, He is trying to keep zombies out of the cab that, like, I think five of them are surviving.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pregnant wife is in. Uh, Main guy. Daughter. And uh, there's a baseball kid and his girlfriend. Yes. I really like them.
1: They were cute. Cute yeah. little couple. So they're trying to get where all the other survivors are. But yeah. the other survivors think that they're infected, so they won't let them into that cab. So they're holding the door shut while in the, the cab behind them, there's zombies coming in. Yep. So the big beefy beefcake guy yeah. is holding the door where the zombies are coming in at, um, ends up getting bit, yep. and starts to slowly turn it. And I just love that you can see him like fighting it.
0: Yeah, he's still fighting off alive. a whole train car full of zombies because they've come into their car, and he's By still himself. holding them off as he's turning into a zombie,
1: which was so cool. And I think eventually the others were able to get into the they, safe cab. Yeah, yeah, uh, with all the other survivors, and yeah, oh man, it was it was so disheartening though. Terrible scene.
0: Yeah, but he went out the way he should have just just right. being a, a badass boss and sacrificing himself for his you know just other people in general but especially for his his wife and unborn child right like that's that's the way that that character's gotta go out
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: yeah they it was done really well
1: well and i think you know one by one after that you know they start to the survivors start to die off from the zombies sorry
0: well so the the main survivors now there's a main guy his daughter uh pregnant Pregnant lady Lady. (laughs) and baseball couple. They make it into the car with the other survivors, but dirtbag businessman has everybody worked up in a frenzy. Like, Oh, they're totally bitten. You know, you can see it in their eyes. And so everybody tells them to, to leave, to leave. So all those like one, two, three, four, five survivors, then move into the next car ahead of them. Um, And uh, they just kind of hang out there you know mm-hmm. until they ideally get to Busan um meanwhile everybody else that is in the car behind our main crew right uh there's an old lady that's in there and she just saw her sister get eaten by the zombies ah,
2: which um, is so sad
0: and she's really heartbroken and so she just lets all the zombies in and the majority of any survivors that are left get eaten mm-hmm. um And uh, it's only by a miracle that a dirtbag businessman survives and also by sacrificing another person because he's a dirtbag businessman. He's only out for himself. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, sorry. I I really like that that part because it really really, it shows on a bigger scale the idea of especially in times of panic and worry um, and crisis. Like we've got to look out for. Everybody, we, yeah. we got to look out for the people around us. That train car didn't look out for the other people, they were just worried about themselves. And through that action, they doomed themselves to get swarmed and eaten by zombies. Yeah, yeah, so
1: which, yeah, I'm glad that you dove into that because, yeah, it yeah, was a good scene.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's a really important scene for the movie. But, mm-hmm. um, but please,
1: please um, uh, but on. yeah, the uh, so I think the the remaining survivors. Um, I can't remember where they went to next. Yes, yeah, so after this, if, did they get off of the train? Yeah, and... they
0: they got off the train because there was a, a another train car that had fallen over and was blocking their path. So the that was when the conductor was going to go find another train that they could hop onto yes. or at least an engine that could take them the rest of the way to Busan. Right. Yeah, so That's uh right. yeah, so baseball couple, pregnant pregnant lady, main guy daughter Mm -hmm. They all get off and dirtbag businessman gets a bunch of people killed.
1: He really does. Yeah. You really don't like him.
0: No, he gets the conductor killed. Uh Uh-huh. And then also he's running from a bunch of zombies and he just happens to end up in the same car as baseball couple. And he just throws the girlfriend at the zombies and she gets bit and dirtbag businessman keeps running. Yeah. Yeah, And she turns really quick and it's so sweet because the baseball boy... Doesn't want to leave his girlfriend behind. He's so sad and he just sits there and waits for her to turn and she bites him and they both turn into zombies. It's, it was it's, sad. There's incredibly sad scenes in this movie. Made me cry. They did, did it?
1: <laughs> well, That not that scene, but the end of the, the movie. Made oh, me cry. I was
0: bawling at the end of the movie. 100%. Yeah. 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 Um, so so let's, let's get to it. Let's yeah, get to the sad shit. The,
1: the last scene is basically, you know, um, the main guy, the daughter and the pregnant lady, mm-hmm. get trapped under this train that's been tipped over, and from inside the train, there are um, zombies coming at them from the windows, and so they're about to break the glass to basically eat them. Yeah. and the, I think the main guy finds a small window out, so he is mm-hmm. you know gets the girls out and I just
0: realized we've been forgetting about homeless Guy this entire time.
1: Homeless, homeless guy. guys with them the
0: whole time, and homeless guy sacrifices himself that's right. to, yeah save the daughter and the pregnant lady.
1: Oh, that's I right. F- I feel
0: so bad. We forgot about homeless guy. He was done dirty in that movie the entire time, he,
1: oh, and yeah. he ends
0: up being the the savior, mm-hmm. the, the final well, not the final savior, but pretty close to it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, he ends up saving them, mm. and they make their way to a, a train that's actually started to move because I think mm. was it the conductor got the train to, to move, and then all of a sudden he.
0: Die. yeah yeah so the conductor had this engine moving and he saw a dirtbag businessman he decides to hop off the engine to help him that's right dirtbag business businessman sacrifices him so he can get on the train and leaves the conductor to die
1: that's it so yeah
0: then main guy daughter pregnant lady are all ca- running
1: after this catch train to to the catch up to yeah, the yeah catch up to the engine they finally get on uh and with the the antagonist guy is there and he's bit yeah
0: he's like mid-transformation yeah and so zombie. he comes
1: out and he says just get me to I think he said my mom like I just need to get to my mom like get me to you know yeah. help me be, get there safely or something Yeah um and the main guy's like no you're turning he's yeah. like what are you talking about you know yeah. um ends up turning and then there's like this big fight scene between the two of them and ends up throwing the antagonist off the train
2: Yeah
1: um so it's just the three of them left yeah. and then within this time uh he gets bit scuffle yeah yeah uh so you know what's about to happen and so he brings the girls into the 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 main cab where the the conductor cab i guess
0: yeah shows the mom how to how to apply the brakes for yep and then locks them in
1: yep and you know basically tells his daughter you know i'm so sorry and i love you Mm, and she's crying i mean this little girl her acting crushes it Crushes it,
0: brings you to tears in a in a heartbeat.
1: I was bawling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the end of she, this movie,
0: she sells it.
1: You know, and yeah, I think he ends up. Um, he's like mid transformation, and I think he just falls off the back of the train.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, the really nice thing was uh, as he's transforming, he just has memories of his daughter being born and the moments yeah. they had together, and so he has a smile as he finally turns into a zombie and falls off the train. Which, I mean,
1: if you were parents, you would. Yeah. This would definitely tug at your heartstrings for sure.
0: Yeah, I think that's why this is a movie I've avoided for quite a while because just the idea of, like, me and my son being on a train and a zombie outbreak happens. Like, oh, my God. That would, uh, Yeah, it's immediately ten times more stressful. Oh, you know? yeah. You know? And we don't want to get on to, like, the, oh, you won't understand till you have a kid kind of nonsense. But, like, just when, you know, when you have a kid, things land differently, especially right. when kids are involved. Yep. Yeah. So.
1: So then it's just the the pregnant lady and the daughter are you know make their way to this tunnel that has a bunch of debris and and stuff in front of it, so they yeah. can't really go farther. So they decide to get out of the train, start walking through this tunnel, um, and then you see the military on the other end, and they see these two women walking, and you hear the guy say, "You know, we have a couple of possible survivors. What do you want me to do?" And the guy thinks that they're turned, and so... Um, Gives the order to shoot them, right? Right. Yeah. And so he's about to, and then um, the girl, oh, this is like, why didn't I bring this up earlier?
0: Oh, that's okay.
1: Well, to backtrack... Well,
0: we, we can say it quick. So, yeah. yeah, the daughter starts singing uh, Aloha Oi. Yes. Which is a song she learned to sing for her dad at her school.
1: Earlier in the movie, yeah.
0: But earlier in the movie, you see that the dad didn't make it, so she didn't finish the song at school,
1: and she um, felt really sad about it. And she basically, yeah, said that she sang it for him. And yeah, you know. so
0: so now she's just she's singing it, and it cues the the military into oh they're not infected. This right. this girl is singing Aloha Oi.
1: Yeah, yep. and so they were end up being saved at the end, yeah. but oh it was just heartbreaking it's
0: insane i don't know how many people were on that train but two people two and a two and a half two and three quarters survive Mm -hmm. wild yeah wild what so good yeah yeah so
1: watch it if you can yeah it's
0: amazing yeah Our, i mean for both the woman and train to busan granny you did a fantastic job wife but our recalling it doesn't do it justice We might have to change the name of this podcast to Garrett and Amber. Try to remember movies.
1: (laughs) Scramble through the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
0: So, uh, yeah. So those are the movies we watched this week. Um, we're still getting some really good recommendations from, uh, people. Uh, we're not going to get to every movie. Some movies that people are recommending we've seen recently, like hereditary has been brought up a lot, which is a fantastic movie, but we saw it pretty recently. Uh, I'm not sure it'll make it in there. Um, a friend of mine, Chris, recommended Cabin in the Woods. It's mm-hmm. another one I've seen pretty recently, and I've seen it a bunch, but I really love it. So it might be one we try to kind of fit in towards the end. We even, like, I was even talking about maybe doing a little bit of a movie marathon on Halloween. To um, fun, yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, we're kind of getting to the end of it. Is there anything you're looking forward to this week, wife?
1: Um. Yeah, just I'm curious to see what's going to be in our lineup for next week yeah, for yeah. horror movies. And um, wasn't there a show we were going to get into this week? Since Haunting of Bly Manor is done, right? Well, yeah. What did we start watching last? We
0: started tonight. watching Motherland. Yeah, which uh, is this show about? It's an like alternate, yeah, army? alternative alternate history where basically the uh, Salem witch trials stopped, and witches actually helped us win our independence um and now witches are a very vital part of our uh military force um and you follow three witches as they get recruited into witch corps or whatever uh so far it seems like it might be pretty good I don't yeah know. i think yeah, so might be all right um i still want to get through more of lovecraft country mm-hmm. that show i was really really impressed with uh I don't. I think I watched the first three episodes, and so I want to get back into that one. Um, honestly, kind of looking to get away from horror and stuff that we watch mm-hmm. outside of, you know. But I don't know. October comes around once a year, and we just get loaded up with horror stuff. Uh, also, Monsterland is a show that came out. I believe it was on Hulu, and that's uh, going to be like Twilight Zone, but horror. So, mm-hmm. it's gonna every episode's like an hour long, and it's a uh, horror theme stuff, so that one might be i've I've heard good things, I bet that one'll be good too, but yeah, yeah, so we'll see we've the nice thing is you know we watch a horror movie usually at the end of the day, and then we're ready to go to bed anyways, and we're already together like when we started this podcast, we talked about we don't really have much time to be together, and we kind of consume entertainment separately. But with the show, like we're, we're watching a lot more stuff together.
1: Yeah. yeah. Which has been nice. we've been would, a ton of fun. Like, talk about it. Yep. You know.
0: Yeah. But I'm still going to get my occasional game of Fall Guys in. Have at it. Every once in a while. Have at it. Yeah. Got to get that crown. <laughs> I still, I still haven't gotten a crown yet and it's driving me nuts.
1: How long has it been since you've started?
0: Oh my, well, I don't know. Like they, they just launched a new season, which has been a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. um although there's a there's a map where you've got to stack up like or move boxes next to each other to jump over walls that game can eat all of my butt <laughs> that game is so hard i just end up jumping you know it's like when puppies want to get at you and they're all in a kennel and they just start kind of jumping on each other oh yeah that's this game i oh, hate yeah. it oh it's so frustrating i love puppies i hate this game so other than that yeah it's it's a good one i think i'm well overdue for a crown i'm gonna get one when You're i gonna do get one yeah when i do everybody will know so <laughs> thanks everybody for hanging out with us uh you guys please email us just so like i can open up our yahoo box and see a new email is in there like that'll really get me giddy right even if it's just like a gif of like a monkey smoking a cigar like we'll take anything <laughs> at this point you can uh, reach us at lifewellspent at com. Yep. Uh, no exclamation point, just lifewellspent. And if you have a chance, uh, feel free to uh, rate us five stars on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you're listening to us on. Uh, and give us a review if you want. Uh, subscribe as well. Uh, I mean, we're not really seeking any monetary gain off this. Mm-hmm. And I doubt we will in the future. So it... Yeah. Look, guys, between you and me, it doesn't really matter. But if you want to, like it'll put a smile on our face. So that is all the incentive I have to offer you is it'll make me giddy for approximately fifteen minutes. And then I'll have something to do at work. (laughs) So thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you so much, everybody. Appreciate you. Have a fantastic week. We'll see you again next Sunday. Love you much. Um Oh, we're running long. Uh, Let's see. What would be a good you? Outro. What's a good outro?
1: Get up on it. I don't know. Okay.
0: All right. Here's another (laughs) one. Um, You better check your mail because I'm sending you a love message. Oh, boy. All right. You guys yeah.
1: give us some good outros, would yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that. Will, oh
0: boy, that would be helpful. Yeah. That'd be helpful.
1: That'd be fun. Maybe we'll use everybody's and just a different one every week.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. really good. All I like right. that. We'll all put right. it on Facebook too.
1: Anywho, all right.
0: here's all another right. one. Happy Halloween tricks. I like it. There we go. Love you. Bye.
1: <laughs>